Welcome to the Hello Foundation's 15-minute podcast, The Strategic Cohort, showcasing educational administrators answering five questions related to their current position. We talk with educational leaders across settings and across states. Our objective is to share thoughts and ideas between professionals at a time when leaders can often feel isolated. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Strategic Cohort. I'd like to start, uh, Davey, just asking if you'd give a brief introduction of your current title and your responsibilities there. Yeah, my name is uh, Davey Huff. I'm the special ed director for, um, it's called the Region 4 Developmental Preschool System for the state of Wyoming. Uh, Region 4 is two counties. I'm in Teton County and Sublet County. Um, so I oversee three three sites and three different staffs and in three different varied locations are they all is it safe to say more rural locations uh one one um location here in teton county jackson is a year-round resort town so we're much larger and um have a lot going on here yeah uh, the two other locations pinedale and big piney wyoming are very rural locations okay but your plate's full though that's a lot to manage <laughs> Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, well, I'm curious, in your the context of your current role, what would you say is your greatest challenge that you face? I think the greatest challenge is, um, of course, there's always the funding issues. The way our preschool system is funded is, and it's very odd. We're funded on the number of children we actually serve as of November 1st. And so a challenge is we have to find as many children as possible over the next couple of months to secure funding for the following year. I don't want to get too much into the funding aspect, but uh, we're um, our funding is um, uh, determined by our legislator, and so we have to lobby the legislature every year to see where we can go with funding. But beyond the funding, I think the greatest challenge is in the very rural areas is uh, securing staff. Uh, in those areas, you either need to live there, want to live there, or you don't want to live there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well put. And have you, how long have you been in this position so that you've been confronting that struggle? I've been, um, I've been with my organization for 31 years, um, as a special ed director for the past 10 years. Well, thank you. I'm impressed. I appreciate the our veteran administrators simply because I think it takes so many years just to really figure out the job and what you want to see happen. So it's a real gift that you've been able to be there for so long. Um, what kind of success do you feel you've had as a school administrator? I think, uh, I think the biggest success, I think, is... Um, I do have a very dedicated staff, so we have very little turnover. When we do have turnover, that's when it's hard to find new people to come into the organization. But um, I think my biggest uh, turnaround as as an administrator and, ex- and success is just looking at my own style of management. And I adopted a style a couple of years ago. It's called motivational management. Is where you always um, secure the ownership of the staff before implementing any new programs or ideas, and that has proven to be very successful. And that can be tough because in education, a lot of str- the educators can have very strong ideas of their own. How have? Can you give an example of something that you've done to secure their motivation? Is it incentives or just generating that buy-in? It's just generating the buy-in instead of. Um, me coming in and giving a directive, this is what we're going to do, this is what we're going to try, it's 
more you turn it around and says, I'd like to do this, I'd like to try this, what do you think? And then have them develop the model around it too, instead of just giving a directive that's having them part of all the decision-making processes. Oh, that's fantastic. I can see how that would take more time, but it, I could also see how you definitely get the buy-in then for follow-through. Absolutely. Oh, that's great. Well, congratulations. If you had the opportunity to give advice to a new school administrator, what would you share with them? I think it would be around that same aspect as, as a new administrator. It's like getting a new staff member. I mean, you're going to come in with your ideas, but you're having a you're going to have a number of staff members who are going to bring in their history, whether it be um, positive with past administration or negative. But I think instead of just jumping in with this is how you're going to do it, I would I would get the history, I would get their ideas, and then work your ideas in there, but uh, create that ownership around new ideas. Oh, that's a that's a great idea. And then how uh, would how would you talk about building a relationship with special education? Because sometimes I think, I think education and certification programs and licensing programs do a great job of preparing our administrators, but unfortunately, they aren't necessarily as equipped. I don't know if it's even possible to be as equipped as you can be when it comes to special education. And I think that that's a great question because. You know, in our field, when a new employee will come in, they may come with a, a medical background, hmm. or an educational background, or a clinical background, and it's, sometimes it's really hard to get, especially if they come from a, med, a medical model, just that whole idea that we're educationally based in preschool. And I think that's the biggest challenge in special ed is just the varied backgrounds they would bring with them. And, you know, a lot of times, we finally just do have to say, and I hate to say this, that this is not the place for you. And hopefully have a, a mutual parting, but I've had several uh, people with that medical and clinical you know, mindset, and it's very difficult for them to, to get into an educational, in the educational field. Uh, yeah, I think I would totally agree with that. I've had the same experience in a much more narrow confine of speech pathology where it's a different beast wearing a clinical hat versus an educational hat. Uh, but you know, I'm glad that that's being put forward because that's what's best for kids. Right. So what, uh, trends do you see coming, uh, or trends that are happening that you feel will impact education in the future? I think the, the trend that's, that's coming is, um, you know, that now preschool is a new first grade and we're, being forced to be much more academic than we than we have in the past. Yeah, um, yeah. Generally, preschool was a, a very social world for for kids to be in, and now it's just the stress of um, states being accountable. And so now, you know, kindergarten is a new first grade, and preschool is a new kindergarten. And I think that trend is going to get uh, stronger and stronger, where the academic world is going to kind of overtake the social aspect of preschool, and, I, and that, that bothers me. Yeah, that's concerning. I happen, if I take off my speech hat, I happen to be a school board member in my own local community, and it's we've really made an effort to try to really keep that social-emotional piece in mind with our youngest kids, especially at preschool, because there's so much important development that happens there. Right. So I don't want to see the baby thrown out with the bathwater, I suppose. So um, fingers crossed that we'll, we'll come back to that. Do you think that there's a possibility that we'll go nationwide to mandatory preschool at some point? 
Uh, yes, I do. Oh, the- yes, I do. I think um, I don't think it's that far out, to be quite honest. Oh, that's good news. I think that'd be great for kids and families. As long as there's still the choice there of, of parents to be able to keep their kids at home. I think, you know, as long as there's a choice, I think as opposed to saying mandatory preschool, I would rather have a phrase that a preschool opportunity will be available for all children. Oh, that's great. Do you have a lot of families that opt out of preschool? Yes, we do. Oh, why, why uh, is that? In our, in our rural areas, it's, it, it could be a number of things. Um, just getting a kid to school um, mm. can be, you know, like an hour, hour and a half drive into to wherever the nearest preschool may be. And then there are um, families, I think, who want to consider they're going to home preschool their child and should have that, that right to do that. Right. Well, that makes sense. Well, my last question is, uh, in a little different vein, how are students, even our littlest ones, how are they different today than when you and I went to school? Oh, Lord. <laughs> I went to school a long time ago. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think the difference is exactly what I was alluding to is um, um, I didn't go to preschool. I stayed home with my mom. Um, she That was her job, because you know, I raised four children. Right. But, um, you know, my um, kindergarten experience was the old, it was a half-day program, and we had nap time, you know, and we we did nothing but socialize in, in kindergarten area. Um, much different now with the all-day kindergartens, and like I say, kindergarten is now the new first grade, and there's a, a lot of pressure, I think, on these kindergarten teachers that so much has to happen by the end of that first year that they, I think they're losing some of their, their valuable child time. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because I think 20 years ago, getting the job as a kindergarten teacher was seen as, oh, that's pretty much an easier gig. And nowadays it's like, oh, my gosh, there's so much you're responsible for before passing them on to the next level. Right. So, well, that's interesting. And I I agree. I didn't have preschool either. And um I think there's a lot changing. The world is a smaller place due to technology and whatnot, and I can't believe how the littlest ones in my life can manipulate technology in a way that I certainly never could have. That's <laughs> oh, true. Well, I really appreciate your time, Davey. This has been very helpful. So um, if you have uh, any parting words of advice or suggestions for others who may be listening? Um, I guess just... Um Never forget this is a great rewarding field through all the frustrations and challenges, and um, don't be afraid to venture into it. Oh, that's a great tip. Thank you so much, Davey. I hope you have a great day. Hope you do, too. Many thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Strategic Cohort. We thank all of our administrator partners for practicing quality and putting kids first. We are always seeking administrators interested in answering our five questions for this podcast. If you would like to be a part of the strategic cohort, please contact us at Sharon.Soliday at the HelloFoundation.com. We always provide participating administrators a copy of the recording to share on their own LinkedIn profile.